the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We've been working through the book of John, and when we hit chapter 14, well, it gave us a clear view into the person and work of the Holy Spirit, which is what we're examining this week on Truth For Today. In John 14, Jesus tells us that a comforter will come. And then he talks about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Well, today we're continuing our side journey on the person and work of the Holy Spirit, which has brought us to Galatians chapter 5. We invite you to join us here in verses 16 through 25 as we take a look at the consequences or results of being Spirit-filled. It's laid out quite clearly. Let's catch up with Pastor Emeritus Phil Howard, shall we, in today's broadcast of Truth For Today. We suffer long, hoping some of you get it. And we cry when you find Genesis. And that's okay. We're here to suffer long. With one another, people get it. Have you ever seen people, you just don't get it very quick, do you? No, I don't. Tech. I was saved before tech. They had rotary phones when I grew up. I typed my doctor's thesis on an IBM computer. I typed it. You hear that? That were type. Young people, T-Y-P-E. <laughs> and no whiteout. Get out of here with whiteout. I was the whitey. And I had to go back and do the whole page over if I didn't do it right. A lot of things we don't get. And working with people will drive you batty. Don't marry one. Don't beget some. People need long suffering. And what you don't know, wait, 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 this is, they've been suffering with you. You didn't know that was coming, did you? Carolyn, look the other way. See, God knew I needed mercy, so he gave me my wife. She said, you need mercy. I said, you're right. I can't tell you. I mean, my family raising me with uh, crutches, braces, and all the physical things. Wow. Oh, the love, the patience, the help. Uh, God gave me a great family to grow up in as an afflicted boy because they were kind and long-suffering. Some folks just don't have it. You know well, boy, this child isn't normal. No, he's not. What are you going to do with him? Well, our child's only a C-minus student. What are you going to do with him? We're going to keep reminding them that they didn't make the honor roll? Or are you going to keep saying, you're worth suffering with? You're worth working with? We don't like that in America. Because grades and brains, that means everything. You know, that's what you're worth. That's why God saved you. He saw your IQ. <laughs> No, 
He came over a cabbage patch, and there we were. <laughs> and you hope he was thinking of us and not the cabbage. No, not many great, not many noble, not many impressive. The kindness, and God has been long-suffering toward every one of us. He said, I'm going to produce that in you towards others. Uh, it's, it's there. It's Christ-likeness. He goes on, kindness. Uh, now, this word, you want to get this word, kindness, it literally is, um, get this now, and, and then just look at the one next to you and see if you can say this about him. Are you ready? It means sweetness of temperament that puts others at ease. I don't see you looking. So I don't know who that is. Sweetness of temperament that puts others at ease. Have you ever seen a person come into a party or group and it was like an ox in a china closet? Or, you know, you just, man, this thing, this is going to get so rowdy because you just showed up. Or to watch how children act around people, rough and boom and boom and all that. I just, where I am, oh, get over it. The Spirit of God wants to make us kind people. And uh, let me give you some usages of that word. The word kind here was used of mellow wine. Uh, They'll call it smooth wine. The bite, the bitter is taken out of it. Uh, And get this, Christ said, if you get in my yoke, in my yoke, you'll learn to be this kind of person, kind or gentle. They use interchangeable. And I'll teach you how to be humble. That is, if you're in my yoke. That's amazing that God had to come all the way from the third heaven and say, I'm holding class in a yoke where you learn two things. So I can tell if you've been yoked up with Christ, you become kind and you become humble. The proud man isn't wearing his yoke. The unkind person isn't in his yoke. You can't hang out with Jesus without developing a tenderness and kindness towards others. He tenderizes us. I I mean, you see grown men who will weep. You see grown men give their money to send a kid to a camp. You see uh, people doing, they can't imagine the kindness of God is being produced in their life. Uh, I always pick on him and I use him different times uh, because of Ron Hughes. I don't think anybody would accuse him of being uh, uh, a weak little uh, guy around here. He's, he's pretty threatening most of the time. Uh, kind of like Grant Pinkston, these guys. You know, uh, you want, you're looking for trouble, you come to the right place. Doom. And, uh, but what's amazed me is for 15 years, he teaches three and four-year-olds. And uh, I've had different grandchildren with him. I've got a great-grandson. They love Ron Hughes. That's amazing. You know what? It's because he's kind. He's kind. That roughness and toughness is for those that want to be threatening. The kindness comes out to little guys that need a tender touch. It's hard to find a man that can do that. Uh, I heard a line years ago. It scares me. We seldom win people to Christ that we cannot win to ourselves. 
said, I'd, I'd like to know Christ, but just so obnoxious, I don't see him as attractive. See, we got to deal. The fruit of the Spirit has to be being born. And, and what is fruit, by the way? Fruit is life on display. Fruit is life on display. And Jesus said in Matthew 7, false prophets will rise up. But then he said, but you will know them by their fruit. You will know by what they produce. And so all of our lives, our children, our family, our business associates, whatever, they all know the life that we're living by the fruit we're putting out. And uh, this is supernatural. Goodness is, comes from a Greek word to benefit. People that are good, uh, they're looking for a way to benefit you. It's from a Greek word, agathos, to render a benefit. So, goodness is, I'm going to render a benefit. Faith, uh, there's debate. He will bear the fruit of faith or faithfulness. I think it's faithfulness, reliability, because we couldn't even get under the control of the Spirit unless we were relying, exercising faith. But people of faith become faithful. They become reliable. You can trust them to stay with the program. And you know what? It's one of the hardest things we find in church work is people that can be reliable. People that aren't uh, uh, bailing out all the time. People that can build a class people that can pioneer something instead of inheriting everything. Wait on me. It's all about me. Hey, could you ever be trusted by God for, first of all, with the gospel? God has entrusted the gospel to us. Can God trust us to get it out? Big question. But here, this word, the fruit of the Spirit, produces faithfulness, reliability. And you'll see people just doing the will of God year after year, doing this year after year. What is it? It's the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit that when it gets to be hard work, in season, out of season, they just, they just stay with the stuff. And Paul said, I thank God that he trusted me enough that he put me in the ministry, that he gave me the gospel, 1 Timothy 1, 2 Timothy 1. I thank God he put trust in me. And I think that's what we all will have to answer when we stand before Christ. Did we keep the trust? Are you keeping and doing what God's asked you to do? Uh, or are you just asleep in church? Is it just a game you're playing? Well, uh, God knows exactly where you are. He says he produces the fruit of uh, meekness or gentleness. And that word there means tame spirit. It was used of an animal that had been tamed uh, to bridle the horse. Uh, it meant to be teachable. In James, a teachable man is considered gentle. Uh, tame or meek. It's a hard word to get a handle on. It was used, it came into our language uh, by use of terms used of things that were mild or soothing, soothing medicine. Uh, Tame animals. And it was just the opposite of rough, hard, uh, violent, angry. Uh, some defined it the quiet and friendly composure 
which does not become embittered or angry at what is unpleasant, whether in the form of people or fate. They're meek. He was meek and lowly. Learn of me. I, I'm under control. I, I'm of a mild and a gentle spirit. And uh, I don't know that I embrace that, that easily. Uh, I just, because uh, he said in 2 Timothy 2, when people oppose you as false teachers, be gentle with those who oppose. This is the word. Can you be gentle? I think growing up in the Bay Area, growing up with a psyche that uh, guys are going to mess with you and you're going to school, not just get an education, but to survive and to get home intact. So you develop an outlook on others that's being threatening. Threatening. Be careful. Cover your back. Be sure you can get out of this situation. And then you get this word like this. Be meek. I said, are you saying be weak? Are you saying get killed? No. I'm saying be tame in spirit. Be soothing, as it were, to other people. A kind word turns away wrath. It's a product that puts Christ on display. Christ on display. Christ. You say, it's just the opposite of me. Why, sure. You didn't think he'd duplicate more of you. No. And then, uh, you know, it's like, I see a lot of saints are like a porcupine. They got a lot of good points. You just can't get close to them. They're not, uh, they're, they're not uh, tame. Huh. I've known guys ever since seminary. Uh, they're no fun to talk to unless you have a debate. They don't know how to affirm. They don't know how to put at ease. They don't want to put you at ease. Uh, I, I, I've been at pastor's conferences where you better go in like that. Because everything you think you believe may be questioned. And you've got to prove it. You've got to do this and that. Well, sometimes you are in a battle and you have to prove your point. But basically, our Christian character is to put Christ on display. And he finally says self-control. Uh, if anything's out of control today, it's our culture. I mean, we've got an out-of-control culture. Uh, Lust is out of control. Uh, uh, drugs are out of control. Sex is out of control. Drink is out of control. Young people out of control. Parents are out of control. The government's out of control. We're going to be out of money pretty soon. Everything's out of control. Who has any control and will not blame for what they do? Where uh, no discipline, uh, and this was used of the body, Control, sexual appetite, food appetite, everything we do with the body. It was primarily used that way. Where is self-control that's really coming from the Spirit's control? And uh, are you under control? Is the Spirit in control of you? Are your appetites under His supervision? Uh, we usually go to sex on this uh, because it's used in 1 Corinthians 6 and other verses but uh, I think, of, uh, isn't it a weird thing uh, in our culture to uh, the obesity that's growing in our country, and, and yet uh, the, here they're trying to get all the sugar out of our diet, trying to get all this white flour out of our diet, and we're eating everything that is keeping us fat and unhealthy, 
and we've got believers just as bad. And just say, God bless this food that may kill me. Please bless this sugar and white flour and icing and frosting and this salt I just put on the table. I, I mean, between Fran's brothers, I need to smack. I mean, Carol, every time I eat salt, I'm like, oh, you don't eat salt. I know what I need. Get out of here. <laughs> could, could God ever take it back to what you eat? Or even exercise. You know, I love to join the Y. It feels good paying for the dues. <laughs> I forgot what the equipment looks like. Every treadmill we have, we turned it into a clothesline. Just hung, hung clothes on it. I mean, self-control. Uh, Howard Endress used to talk about uh, the reason guys don't have a prayer life in the morning. He, he would say they, don't, they can't get blanket victory. They don't know how to get up early enough. And if you read about George Whitfield and Wesley's, they had a whole system when they were in Oxford where certain bells and things would go off because they'd get up about 4.30 and pray in England. And they had all this system to wake them up, water fall on them, everything. Some of you need to trigger a system that Niagara can fall on you about, about 6 o'clock and have that beginning time in the morning. Self-control. I can't go to bed before 1 at night, and so I'm too tired for devotions in the morning. You have no self-control. Why do you keep watching stuff that's bad for you? Why are you watching that junk? Oh, uh, how, how much news do you need to be good and depressed? How much news do you need every day? Uh, I guarantee you haven't read through your Bible. If you're full of news, you're not reading your Bible. I spent two hours watching CNN, Fox, this, that. Okay, why don't you watch Isaiah? Why don't you watch Matthew? He knows how it's going to end. There ain't nobody at Fox that knows how it's going to end. What you doing with the Bible? I don't, I, man, I don't get it. What do you mean you don't get it? Well, I don't understand Revelation. I asked that woman, when did you read it? I've never read it. <laughs> it it's hard to get something you don't ever read. My nephew taught me recently, Matthew, uh, or Marty Howard was telling my dad, used to tell him when he was in ironwork, he said, son, you've got to get next to it. If you're going to learn something, you've got to get next to it. I never heard that. And some of you, be nice to get next to it. And when you start living your life, he said, walk in the Spirit. In verse 25, take each individual step where the Spirit steps. Now, let me tell you how this happens. Temptation will come to you. You'll be tempted to maybe hate. You'll be tempted to uh, someone's cussed you, cut you off. You want to come back as strong as the offense. He said, the Spirit, if you walk in the direction of the Spirit, he will let you step into kindness, goodness. You'll step in love. But they just, they just flipped you off on the freeway. When are you going to quit being controlled by what others do to you? I cannot control what happens to me. I'm in charge of how I respond. That's spirit filling. 
I love that line my dad used to tell us of old Brother Brown, our black preacher friend in Berkeley, down on the streets of Berkeley. Someone came up and said, he's a blind preacher. said, I hate you, nigger. So they told him. Here he's up full of years, lost his eyes. And old Brother Brown said, well, I'm so glad I don't have to hate you back. Sound like Jesus was on that block. And some of you saying, I'm going to take that from <laughs> Cut it out. If you war after the flesh, you'll die. Peter, put your sword away. He who lives by this is going to die by it. Kid was telling me lately, man, it's hard to get off the drug scene. You can make so much quick money. I said, yeah, you'll need to make enough to pay for your funeral. They don't last too long. Walk in the Spirit. You don't know which way to walk. Just look at those nine. Is this walking towards hate, revenge, or goodness, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, joy, peace? Ooh, I don't want to love them right now, Lord. But, but she's your wife. She's the mother of your eight children. But, Lord, she forgot how to cook. And she's getting ugly. Well, how are you looking? You know, you ate. We went to the 50th high school graduation. Carolyn wanted to go. I didn't want to get depressed. I'm telling you, we, when we went there, I want to tell you, we didn't know our generation looked so old. We've escaped it pretty good. I'd see guys and man, you look old and ugly. And the guy said, well, I'm 68. I said, oh, man, I'm older than you, but I've retained something. Where are you walking? Are you, can you say, the Spirit is directing my steps. The Spirit is directing my steps. If you don't walk in dependence on the Spirit, what comes out will not be fruit. It'll be the flesh. So John Walbert at 93, often accused of teaching so much grace that you can live like the devil and be okay. And yet his last words is, I've never, he didn't say this, I've never stolen the money in 65 years that he was at Dallas. I'm still with the same woman I married. I'm still preaching the same Bible. I, you can't lay a hand on me because God's kept me. And George, I just want you to know, the Spirit's the only answer. He's kept. He's led. He's enabled. He's filled up all my character deficiencies with himself. Let me tell you, young people, with all the temptations hitting you, all the temptations to destroy you, the Holy Spirit in a 13-year-old's body 12-year-old, he's bigger than temptation. He's stronger than temptation because God has promised you, I will not allow you to be tested beyond my ability to deliver you. And if you, when Carolyn and I were sitting there last night, we looked at each other, God let us do it his way, even in high school. That's what we want for you. We don't want sin to have your body any longer than it's already had it. May Christ be Lord in your life. 
and you'll be delivered from a thousand pits that would destroy you. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone, and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? One other note as we close out our time today, while Pastor Phil is the pastor emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, we are still very much a part of this body. And if you are looking for a church, we would invite you to join us. Now, we know that this current crisis has us all sequestered away. So you can join us at valleybible.org, where we stream our services. Again, valleybible.org. And then, as we find ourselves released from this quarantine, we will be meeting together here in Hercules. And for information, directions, and details, again, visit valleybible.org. And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Blessed be the name.